Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. Catholic Stuff You Should Know, Father Michael O'Loughlin, Father Nathan Goble. Greetings. Greetings. We are uh, sitting here at the first major snow of the season in Colorado, thank God. It was another tease, folks. I woke up at, well, I didn't go to sleep until 11. I woke up at at midnight just to see if there's been any changes in the updates. Woke up again at three after a crazy dream. Um, and I would attribute part of that to indigestion. I thought that I would be really, like, you know, creative. And I mixed um, baked beans, ground pork. <laughs> I can see where this is going. <laughs> shallots, white wine, and a can of Rotel. Nice. And I made myself like a pseudo chili. And it was like it was like beating on me all night. Like I I was like I thought I was physically ill. So I woke up at three in a, in a cold sweat, and then uh, went and checked the phone again. And uh, sure enough, like more closings, but Denver Public wasn't closed and Jeffco mm. wasn't closed. So all for naught. There was something down here. I got one of my friends, parishioners on Instagram, posted the announcement of schools being canceled. I forget what what county they're in. They're down. I think they're down in Highlands Ranch. So, yeah, Valor. The Valor was closed. The Catholic schools are closed, but not the public ones. See, I I headed out last night uh, to do my normal Monday evening ritual of smoking cigars and drinking scotch down to cigars on sixth. Okay. And, uh, expected nobody to be there because I was like everybody's gonna be afraid, but the streets were great. It's no problem at all. But anyway, that's a good lead in my my topic. Well, Father Father Brian Larkin and I went up to Craig to see yeah. Jason, and by two thirty, it was. I mean, it, it had been coming down all day, and the roads were pretty bad. It took us took us almost um, four and a half hours to get back from Steamboat, um, but that was with two two potty breaks. So, mm. little known fact: um, if you drink ice water. If you drink ice water, that goes through your system faster than um, than regular like tap water, like lukewarm water, because your body can't heat it up fast enough. So, oh, so you're saying don't drink ice water before a road trip? Well, when you're on a road trip, oh, or else okay. you're going to end up like my little brother says, you won't you won't drink it, you'll borrow it. Okay. And uh, <laughs> so, but the problem was they had that bead ice at the gas station and uh-huh. in the Kremlin. Um, and, uh, so I downed a huge thing of that. And then by, uh, Georgetown, I was like, Brian, please stop. And then he passed by one of the places we could have stopped. And I was like, Brian, I'm, I'm not, I'm not joking. Please stop. And, uh, and then he passed by another one. (laughs) Although that one wasn't exactly, uh, it wasn't a, it wasn't a rest stop. It was just a scenic overview, but I was like, I don't care. It'll have a tree. I need to go now. So yeah, there you go. Well, I'm glad you made it back. Thank you. Thank All right. You. So anyway, I went out with my uh, went out to smoke cigars last night with my buddies, and and uh, we were talking about the with my buddies the Ronda Rousey Holly Holm fight. Ooh, did you, did you that was a that? tough. It was a tough one to see. Yeah. I didn't obviously. I don't. I don't watch pay per view. Yeah. Um, but I usually watch you know the highlights, and the fight only lasted like I don't know. It was two rounds. It was two rounds. Like like a minute into the second round was when. Yeah, she it's kind of sad because. Um, I mean, I watched her. I did see the entire fight of the uh, Zingano Rousey. Oh, okay. Um, right. And that was the one where she took her down in like what was it, twenty two seconds? Right. 
Um, and then the one after that, where the lady was talking smack to her in Brazil, right. and she just totally blistered her. Yeah. But the weird thing was, this the lady that she fought on this fight Holy was yeah. was pure boxer right with mma like you know she learned mma after right and she was boxing the whole time yeah it was like but she she knew to do that because because ronda rousey is almost all ground fighting holly holm was almost all up fighting but so whoever won either by staying up or going to the ground was going to win everybody knew that but the, the the what i was gonna say is we, we were chatting last night and actually quick quick a uh, humble brag holly holm's mma trainer is Greg Jackson. Greg Jackson? Greg Jackson from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Nice. Who trained me. Really? Yeah. So no her, way. her trainer was my trainer back when I was in early seminary. So you're pretty much like a, a world class. I, I, so in other words, I could take out Ronda Rousey <laughs> no, too. You <laughs> no, you couldn't. <laughs> it, it, it'd be a good try. <laughs> like, we, okay, so this is what happened up in Craig. So, um, uh, we watched, we, we, this, I mean, we, I think we've told you this before. We always go out to dinner. You go out to dinner, go back to Craig, go to the red box at the city market, get a, you know, crappy red box movie, watch that, go to sleep. Yeah. Well, Jason and I were, we, we finished the movie surprisingly early cause we drove all the way to Craig instead of stopping in oh. steamboat. I know father John will not like that because <laughs> he has a tradition where you go to the Rio, have margaritas, and then you know, like have dinner. But I do not structured guy. I do not like the food at the at the Rio. Mm. I don't. It, they have great margaritas, but I don't like their food. So we went into Craig. So we had an earlier night. So then all of a sudden we realized that Walking Dead was in the middle of their episode. So we're like, <laughs> sweet. So poor Brian Larkin, Father Brian, he sees like these like zombies like coming after these people and ends up biting one of them and, like all this blood's coming out and, and he's just like oh is this what you guys watch and then uh that ended and brian wanted to go to sleep but then as we were turning off the tv the highlights of the ronda rousey mm. thing came on so it was like two women <laughs> beating the crap out of each other and, and he's just like what in the heck is going on with the companions? And I'm like, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I honestly can't watch MMA. Like, like no. the UFC, I I loved when I did it myself, and I love doing it. But like watching it, it's just, oh my gosh! I like, like that, like that picture Brady sent. Let's not let's not tell the details, but the, the one he sent to mm-hmm, all of us. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I when when I see people embarrassed or hurt, like my heart just aches, and it's really hard to. Yeah. Like I loved, I loved it. We actually called it Gaido Jitsu back in the day with Greg Jack. He was he was at San Mateo Manal. Like he was in this little tiny strip mall, little tiny dojo. And uh, anyway, he's obviously a big deal now. But um, cool. Like I love learning it because it gave me all the confidence in the world. Like I mean, literally. You just feel like you could protect yourself from anybody. He hasn't lost that, folks. Yeah, <laughs> um, I haven't actually. That that's amazing. It's been fifteen years, and I still haven't lost that. So anyway, um, so but we were talking about like how do you get that good? And then Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather came up, and I guess he does like twelve hour workout days. Obviously, he's sponsored. That's his only job. So like, he works out for twelve hours a day, and. And when you get in conversations about people that are really, really good at what they do, you know, it's, I get a little bit jealous. I'm like, you know, they, yeah. 12 hours a day getting really good at your science, really good at your art, really good at your occupation, your career, whatever it is. And priesthood's just not an exact science. Like there, there's no way 
within the priesthood to like study enough or to do anything enough, read enough, research enough. There's nothing you can do to to feel the top of your game, and and that that's the point, right? I mean, the the priesthood is 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 in exact science, and you're you're moving in the Holy Spirit, doing everything as God guides you. Um, but there was kind of the sense of what can I do twelve hours a day to to make myself better at my vocation, mm-hmm. make myself better at what God has called me to do. And the thing that, that came to mind, kind of being inspired by these people that are, are so good at what they do, even if they're jerks like Floyd Mayweather. But anyway, they, they they're so good at what they do that you you know what can we do? And First um, Thessalonians five seventeen <coughs> says, pray without ceasing. Like don't only pray twelve yeah. hours a day, don't only pray an hour a day. Like pray without ceasing. The the, the church has interpreted that different ways over time. You know, well liturgy of the hours, right? So when we're all praying liturgy of the hours, you guys call it the breviary. When we're all doing that, there's somebody in the world praying at that time. So uh-huh. prayer without ceasing is happening somewhere in the world. But there's been, especially Eastern fathers and, and Eastern peoples, Eastern Christian peoples that have, that have kind of said, well, that's a cop out. Like it says, St. Paul says, pray without ceasing. We need to absolutely pray without ceasing. So there's different traditions. The Hesychasts, uh, the Way of a Pilgrim, the Philokalia, all these these Eastern treasures we have, um, Hesychasm, et cetera, is, are ways of saying, no, the individual themselves is in constant conversation with God. Mm. You know, when when Jesus says um, in John 15, I believe it is, um, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. You know, that there's this sense of if we're like, you know, a branch attached to a vine, we are being fed constantly by Christ. The conversation is always going towards us. Jesus is always talking with us. He's always giving us grace. He's always emptying himself for us that we should be responding to that as it happens. Like we should be, we should be responding to, to our side of the conversation with him all the time. And so the Jesus prayer is, is an ancient Eastern way of accomplishing that because it's a simple prayer. Um, one of the translations into English is Lord Jesus Christ, son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And you, you, you prayed that because you're using the name of Jesus, which is of course a very powerful name. This is why using the Lord's name in vain is such a sin because whenever we use our Lord's name, Jesus or God, we are, we are calling upon something that is incredibly powerful. When we use it in vain, even if we use it without thinking, we are taking a powerful tool that's been given us by calling upon him Mm -hmm. and he always responds when we call upon him so if we use the lord's name in vain as if we're cussing or even just using it like saying god bless to someone without understanding what we're saying like and when god bless becomes a habit which is a a bad habit i'm in where you're not really thinking about using it in the way you know god like responds to our us calling upon him without us acknowledging that he's responding to us so when we use the lord's name it's like jesus like crank calling him yeah, exactly. It's like it's like it got, or ding dong ditching him, you know. Like you you knock and then run. He's all tender to us. We're hiding in a bush, you know, laughing. You know, it, it, it's you know, it's 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 ridiculous that we don't. We need to respond with as much as we can, since he's responding with all of himself. Mm-hmm. We should be responding with all of ourselves. So, the way that the fathers have taught us, and you know, a lot of this is, is more modern too, not necessarily fathers, but the Jesus prayer: Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. Have mercy on me, a sinner. You're using the word Jesus, which is calling upon him. You're also using the word mercy. We're about to head into the, into the year for mercy, you know, the Jubilee for mercy. So mercy, I, I'm looking forward to doing a lot of research into that term uh, in the Divine Liturgy and in our, you know, in our Byzantine prayers. We use the word mercy all the time. I mean, Lord, have mercy just means Jesus, love me. Jesus, do what you do. Um, you're, you're Jesus. I'm not going to overly define how you love me. So I'll say, Lord, have mercy. <coughs> 
So, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Um, it, it is a way of praying constantly because there's this psychosomatic aspect to it. In other words, I say it along with my breathing. So when when the, the these saints were trying to say, how do I pray constantly? How do I pray without ceasing? Um, I, I know I've mentioned this before in the podcast, but you know how how do I do that? There's no way of of keeping my intellect engaged on God and keeping my ears open to His Word twenty four seven. I have to sleep sometimes. I have to eat sometimes. I have to have a very intentional conversation with people sometimes. And and how am I? How do I make sure that I'm praying during those times? Um, some people have said, of course, just you know, you're kind of keeping your mind attentive to what God is doing in everything you do. That's great. But the Father said you have to do more than that. So the what the Jesus prayer is, is if it's done along with your breathing is an acknowledgement that we never cease breathing. While we're sleeping, we're breathing. While we're eating, we're breathing. While we're talking, we're breathing. So if we can incorporate what our body is doing very naturally and without us intentionally thinking about it, we don't think about breathing. You know, we just do it. So if we do that, if we can add the intentionality of prayer to our breathing, then we can be, we can be praying without ceasing since we are breathing without ceasing. So uh, some of the fathers have said, like, when you breathe in, you say, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, like like you are inviting Christ into your life. You're inviting Christ into your body as you breathe in. As you breathe out, have mercy on me, a sinner. You're, you're breathing out sin. You're breathing in Christ. You're breathing out sin. Um, so if what they would do is that the, the, they would teach, and any spiritual father should teach, when you're praying the Jesus prayer, Make sure you pray it along with your breathing so it becomes a habit. The Eastern Church is very much about building good habits. I talked about that in the Watchfulness and Addiction podcast, building good habits so that that holiness comes more naturally to us. Um, Virtue comes more naturally to us. It'll it'll always be an effort. It'll never just be natural to us. That that wouldn't even be Christian. But there's always a sense of if, if I make prayer more natural to me, then it's easier to do Then my conversation with Christ, which is really effective in the in the way of grace, will become even better. So. Breathe in, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. Breathe out, have mercy on me, a sinner. And if you have the habit of of saying that in your head and ideally also with your body, you know, moving your lips or moving your tongue as you say it, um, you are then inviting those two things to become synonymous, breathing and praying. And since we're always breathing, then we'll also always be praying. Yeah. Well, I mean, you fill you fill your lungs with life, the, the breath of life. Um, and then as having taken in something of this breath, then you, you've received something and now you, you have to do it again. It's Mm -hmm. not just like I breathed once, you know, I prayed for, I prayed for five to 10 minutes today, or I prayed my breviary at, you know, nine 15 today. Okay, good. I, I stored up breath until the next time. It's like, no, like you need to be in constant, you know? Yeah. And it's an obedience to the scriptures, and it just makes sense. If Jesus is in constant communication with us, unceasing communication with us, unceasingly loving us, we need to do our best to respond to that as best we can. So this very much, this Jesus prayer is is a, a acknowledgement and a, a reaction to the scriptural mandate in 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Um, th- this has been, this has been many, many different you know, writers and, and, you know, items in literature have, have responded to this. I just found this out recently. I never read this, but Franny and Zoe by J.D. Salinger, it's like all about the way of a pilgrim. Hmm. So there's this book, the way of a pilgrim um, that was written a couple hundred years ago about this guy. And it, it, the author is unknown, but um, this pilgrim who hears first Thessalonians five seventeen and then demands he, he will, he will not be content 
unless he finds an answer to what that really means. And so he travels from monastery to monastery throughout Russia, kind of speaking to all these staretses, these spiritual fathers, trying to find out what that means. And one of them does teach him the Jesus prayer. And so he uses the Jesus prayer, becomes very content with it. And and, and uh, Franny and Zoe by Salinger, like, it hmm. just mentions that a lot. I guess that was one of the the uh, pieces of literature that was attributed with making the Jesus prayer popular in, in our, especially our American culture. And yeah. because it was very well known, um, the, the, the Hesychasts, those who lived the, the life of what, what the fathers would say, prayer is standing before God with one's head or one's mind in one's heart. So you're the, the individuality and the arrogance of our head, of our intellect, in our heart. Our heart is where God dwells. The Jesus prayer is also, for this reason, called the prayer of the heart. You're, you're immersing yourself in, in a real stillness and a real solitude with where God dwells in our hearts. And so we're kind of keeping our mind where, where we kind of identify with our being. We keep our mind, our intellect, with God. And so the two, the two are merged, in a sense, um, so the Jesus prayer is a response then to the, this mandate, this scriptural mandate um, for praying constantly. But, you know, I found by by using it, it, it is so practical even in other situations. Um, so like, in other words, the if, if I am really confused, if I'm trying to pray, but I'm confused, if I'm trying to pray and I'm really ineloquent, if I'm trying to pray and I'm so mad or so happy that the words just aren't coming, um, the Jesus prayer is a way of of saying this is just prayer. This is just basic foundational prayer. We're using the name of Jesus, and we are we're using the name of Jesus, and we are asking for mercy. Kind of the, we're we're calling upon the one who can actually give us mercy. So it's a foundational prayer that you can. Almost like like in in the Roman tradition, the Rosary, right? You, right. You're praying the Our Father, and then ten Hail Marys, and you're meditating upon not upon those prayers themselves. You're not meditating on those words. You're you're meditating on the mysteries of the Rosary, the scriptural mysteries that you do. So there's a you're not exactly engaging in the words themselves, even though you can do that. The same thing is true for the Jesus Prayer. You know, people will talk about. Oftentimes, people use the words. You know, I, when I pray in tongues, and they don't necessarily mean the gift of the Spirit praying in tongues that can be interpreted um, for the building up of the church, but they mean that there's a certain ineloquence that they have. And if if the Spirit is speaking to my heart and I feel either really happy or really sad or just overwhelmed by Christ's faithfulness, his presence— I can I can almost what John Paul would say you know groaning they they would find him in prayer just groaning and this is a way of saying my words will never be able to truly reflect what's going on in my heart the beauty or the sadness of what's going on in my heart words cannot express this right now so I can do that through groaning and I can do that through the Jesus prayer it's just a basic foundational prayer I'm using these words in order to respond to Christ and the Holy Spirit's taking my words and turning them into something worthy of Christ worthy of what I'm feeling in my heart the Holy Spirit takes my basic human words and, and and turns them into something that is effective before the throne of God. I mean, to me, it's like sometimes you just have to get the train moving. You just have to yeah. actually start doing or saying something. And it's not just babbling like, you know, run of, you know, train of thought or something like that. But you actually have an ordered procedure through which you are in dialogue with the Lord. Right. And it's the same way, you know, you think about if it's the prayer of the heart— then there has to be a movement. The heart is in movement. What is the heart doing? It's pumping blood. Right. There has to be a way in which our soul has a circulation where uh, from us is being drawn out something, but then also something else is being 
put back in. It's mm-hmm. the same thing with respiration. Right. You just have to start breathing or continue breathing. And then um, through that, the the emotions that you have in your heart, I mean, it's not just, oh, no, I'm feeling too happy right now. I shouldn't be praying. I should be saying the name of Jesus. No, you're saying the name of Jesus as you're happy. Right. Because, and see what that what that draws out. Right. Um, you're you're accessing different aspects of Christ when you're communicating this happiness to Him, because you're also connecting into the Lord's happiness, into the Lord's joy, into the peace of Jerusalem. Okay. Right. If you are upset or frustrated or confused, and you begin this process, this you know this really discipline, this exercise of um, I'm just going to say the name of Jesus in thinking about this person or in thinking about uh, the confusion of how I'm supposed to deal with this situation or whatever, you're asking God, you know, come into this area, come into this mm-hmm. area, you know. I think it's a cool... Um, have you ever seen those machines that people have to wear now? Like when they ha- get done with surgery, John had to have one for a while. Yeah. Uh, but the first time I saw it was uh, Mike Eck. He ripped his bicep uh, lifting, lifting, uh, doing like military presses or something right. like that. Um, and uh, so then when they did surgery, they had to cool down the area. Mm. So what he had to do was hook up to this machine that was like snaked around the 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 bandages right. and it would continuously pump cold water. Hmm. And we think that no 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 you have to take the ice and just apply it on there. Right. But somebody came up with this great idea where you can have iced water that is just as cold as the ice, right. but since it's in circulation, yeah. it's actually moving over that hmm. and, and 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 causing a lot more uh, rapid healing, you know, for these people. So then when it comes to prayer, sometimes it's like, well, I just need to hold this over it. I need to hold this intention for, you know, 10 minutes close to Jesus. Well, okay, well, why don't you just let Jesus start working on it? Right. You know? Right. And... Yeah, you, you're putting yourself in the mindset. Anybody who's... <coughs> Any Byzantine or Orthodox listeners will know the Trisagian prayers. You know, the, the Our Father is kind of the Byzantine same thing. Any Byzantine and Orthodox <laughs> listener, obviously. Any Roman Catholic should look it up. Um, the, uh, so the uh, the Trisagian prayers are a way of saying, this for the same reason that the Jesus prayer is kind of a foundational prayer, so is the Our Father, of course. The Our Father was the prayer given to us by our Lord in the mm-hmm. Scripture. So the Our Father can be used the same way. You don't need to meditate every time you pray it on the exact words. You can use it as a prayer to try to begin that conversation, like you said, Father. So there's this, the Drasajian prayers are saying that there are these prayers that lead up to the Our Father. So the Our Father is the climax of the the Drasajian prayers. So the Drasajian prayers are the prayers that you use to begin any other prayer. It's kind of getting yourself in the mindset. So if I'm going to pray first hour, third hour, sixth hour, ninth hour, you know, Vespers, Matins, Compline, whatever I can do, I'm going to start with the Trisagian prayers to kind of make sure that I'm calming myself, getting myself in the mood, and, and beginning the conversation. And so the beginning of any prayer is a memorized prayer. It's a prayer that I can just read because mm-hmm. this is, as I begin the memorized prayer, then I can kind of shoot off into something else. When we were in elementary school, we had these stories, you probably had them too, where the, the teacher would give us a, a, a like the beginning three sentences of a story, and then we'd use that to continue the story. And it was just a way of saying, if you need some help, if you have writer's block, you need some help getting a story started, here's how to start it, then you continue writing. That's kind of what the Our Father can be, the Jesus prayer can be, the Trisagian prayers can be. Um, there, I think it was Maximus Confessor, but one of the fathers said that um, you don't begin praying until you've been at it for two hours. 
And so mm-hmm. it's like the only time we ever got that in seminary or really in the life of the church was in all night vigils where you'd pray Vespers and Matins together. And then that's yeah. about two and a half, three hours. So it, he would say it would take, it takes two hours of intentional prayer just to kind of soften our hearts and, and slow down our minds and to keep them focused on Christ. And that's really what the Jesus prayer is. It's, it's a way of emptying everything else because the Jesus prayer and, and the whole way of hesychasm, which is a way of stillness that the monks use, kind of a a, a prayer of the heart, of, of the the eye of the heart called the noose, the intellect. Anyway, read the Philokalia if you want to, but all, all of these, the prayers are in there. And it's more about removing thoughts than it is about inserting thoughts. This sounds so new age, but it's ancient. Yeah. Like you're removing, you're keeping, having a watchfulness over your intellect. So you're not letting in all the other stimuli yeah. and all the things that the devil is going to do so that you can truly meditate upon Christ, who you find in your heart, and especially in the stillness of your heart by keeping everything else out. And the Jesus prayer is one of the ways of practically attaining that stillness is just by saying it over and over and over again, along with your breathing. And also the fathers will always tell you to make sure that that this is guided by a spiritual director. You really need a spiritual father so you don't get absurd with it. Because our human personalities will say, well, I'm going to pray it. And then so like all day long, and then you don't realize that you're actually affecting your breathing by the pace of saying the prayers. So like people can get like literally hurt by doing this too much because they, they are either becoming obsessed with it and then they don't know how to kind of slow down or they're actually affecting the pace of their breathing because they're, they're doing their breathing according to the prayer instead of the prayer according to their breathing. Or they'll obsess, I need to do it 3,000 times a day. You know, so anyway, talk to your spiritual father before you really want to begin yeah. this. Um, but the Philokalia is a good resource. The Way of a Pilgrim is a good resource. Um, another method for this, another way of, of using the Jesus prayer for prayer is for self-emptying. And like if you read Psalm 51, prayer of repentance, um, the ascetical life in the Jesus prayer, it's a prayer of repentance. You're, you're emptying yourself. You're emptying yourself of sin. You're emptying yourself of arrogance. And if you want to see an amazing movie, I know we've mentioned it before, but the movie Ostrov, the movie that's yeah, on yeah. the island, it's, it's all about this this man living the life of repentance, emptying himself all over this island to amazing, beautiful results. So, yeah. What you, one thing you talked about, about you know the distractions and helping with that. I mean, it's not just New Age. Garonsky, our spiritual father, or my spiritual father, describes it as monkey mind. Well, that's Buddhism. You know, like, get rid of the monkey mind, mm. which is, like, you go to prayer, and then all you're thinking about is everything else but prayer, or yeah. God, or the, the mystery that you're contemplating, or the heart that you're seeking to open. It's like, I should go to Cabela's. I can do that on Thursday. <laughs> Was I supposed to text somebody? Oh, yeah, I'm praying. Yeah. Why is this page always sticking together? You know, like all these other things. And then you you just have to kind of gently brush away, you know, the monkey mind yeah. and then be attentive. It's yeah. so funny because like we're, we're mentioning topics on, we've done podcasts on OMG and like the taking the Lord's mm, name in vain, right. recollectedness. Um, what was the other one that you mentioned? Oh, the, the one that we did before. So these are all connected. So I'm the new guy, so we're summarizing everything. No, it's actually really helpful. Okay. You have all these tags, yeah. kind of mental tags. Yeah. But then, I mean, what do you do? How many times do you pray the Jesus prayer per day? Oh, I don't know. I, I actually would much rather say I pray it for a certain amount of time than I do a certain number of times. Like, like, you, like wear, you wear your... Right. Yeah, and 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 that that's the thank you for mentioning that too. Tea. The, the chotki, chot, so so the the, the chotki are beads. It's T with a K or K yes. with a T. T with a K. Chotki, chotki. Yeah. Sh- shotki. 
So these are these 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 uh, beads I wear on my wrist, and you're supposed to since all prayer is not just a mental exercise. We always supposed yeah. to use our body in it as well. So it's a way of moving the beads through your fingers, and um, you would use this. You know, some people say you use them to count it, but it's. I mean, you can do that if your spiritual father says, "I want you to get." add more and more every single day. But it's more of a, a physical exercise of actually using your body by, by shifting the beads through your fingers. Right. You're also supposed to use your use your mouth as much as possible. Even sometimes you do prostrations for every 10 or every 50. There's all these different ways of using the Jesus prayer in prayer. But but the whole point is, of course, to do it without ceasing. But as you're, as you're preparing yourself and getting yourself in the habit of doing it without ceasing, you can sit there for, like, for instance, I, I run a discernment house for men, the Basil House. Um, in the Basil House, we, we pray matins in the morning. So we pray morning prayer for 45 minutes. We have to edit it down, of course, to 45 minutes. And then we pray the Jesus prayer for about seven minutes in silence. And then we read the Falakalia for seven hmm. minutes, you know, where I read it out loud and they meditate upon it. So, it, it, but so I like that saying, I'm going to do it for seven minutes or I'm going to do it for an hour because then you're, you're building up those habits. Anything you do for an hour a day is going to become habitual, which is beautiful. And then you're going to continue doing it throughout the rest of the day. And so it's a way of calling upon our Lord all day long, responding to him all day long, and then having some type of prayer when you feel ineloquent, when you feel that I cannot express what's going on in my heart, whether it's positive or negative, I have something that I can immediately turn to, to express, to call upon God, to respond upon God without having to come up with something to say. So like in, in mm-hmm. the companions, oftentimes when we're when we're praying, you know, during the holy hour, the, the, there's a time for kind of spoken prayer that's very personal. I'll oftentimes just say the Jesus prayer, right. you know, because it, it's right. that that's how I pray what's the foundational prayer of my heart. I'm making sure I'm using the name of Jesus. I'm calling upon God for mercy. And it, it just seems very appropriate in absolutely any situation. The other one that we didn't mention is uh, Catherine de Hewick Doherty. Yeah, I think she, I think it was in Pustinia where she talks about that, and she talks about her grandmother getting up out of her seat and and falling back into her seat. Hmm. Um, and so when she would get up, she you would, you would kind of like almost audibly hear her, you know, say Lord Jesus Christ, hmm. Son of God, and then as she sat down later, have mercy on me, a sinner. As she was well, nice. as she was sitting down, and and so it's just. <clears throat> It's a very like natural, like personal, um, corporal, spiritual. It's it, it's incarnational. It's yeah. it's great. So mm-hmm. and these are just uh, another thing to do. Um, but hopefully, it's not just you know a smattering of all these different traditions and pieties and whatever else. You need to find the one that is that is going to lead you to the Lord and yeah. begin to do it as you're saying habitually. And not just, you know, oh, I'm going to try this for like a couple of weeks, and then I'm going to try this, and then I'm going to do that. It's right. like, okay. Yeah. So. And, and a quick select bibliography, too. If, if look up the Philokalia. It's available free online. Uh, the Way of a Pilgrim, you can buy that. Ladder of Divine Ascent by St. John Climacus, another great book about hesychasm yeah. and the Jesus Prayer. Um, check out, uh, obviously, The Way of a Pilgrim, as I mentioned before, and then the movie Ostrov, or the English, it's, a, the it's called The Island, yeah. And the, all great not ways of... Not with DiCaprio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, exactly. This is the Russian version with English subtitles um, that, that you can see how the Jesus Prayer has been used um, throughout time to really yeah. make the faith and to express it that way. Nice. Once again, you can memorize it, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. That's why, because we did that for active contrition, too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. When it came up. Yep. Okay. I forgot when we talked about it. Good. All right. 
Shout outs. You got any? I you do. Got any rolling over there? Um, I will actually want to shout out to a couple of friends of mine first. Uh, Stephen Davies, who I've been in touch with recently about uh, out in New York. A friend of mine, Byzantine friend of mine, goes to St. Mary's there in Manhattan. Um, he's been in contact with me recently, mentioned the podcast. Also, a Mitchell, Kalen, and their little unborn baby, Smith, up in Saskatchewan. They came down to Denver when they were first married um, from one of the Ukrainian churches up in Saskatchewan. Uh, shout out to them. Also, Elena Brown in Pittsburgh, who meant, who called me the other day and was talking about being a listener on the podcast as well. Um, and also, shout out to uh, David Olson, Victoria Olson's father, who yes. gave us, uh, what's the, what was it? Oh, Death Wish Coffee. He gave it to you for your next slingshot. Oh, it's called yeah. The World's Strongest Coffee. So yep. he gave me uh, he gave me some. I forgot to bring it to the table. We'll give it to you later. Well, okay. So we have a belated shout out to somebody, but they hadn't made themselves known as the actual person. I think we did give a thank you to the person that sent this to us, but we didn't know who actually did. So a few months ago, I can't. Remember, I think it was the dating one that we were talking about. Okay. Um, I had the line, "I have a beauty that's imperceptible," <laughs> um, and uh, everyone thought that was so funny, and I said. I should get a mug with that on it. And then someone sent it to me. And so I never knew who it was that sent it to me. But she has revealed herself, Catherine Castillo. She's the one. Thank you so much. Actually, I didn't have my uh, water bottle for Saturday Confessions. So I used that. (laughs) But uh, I hadn't yet washed it. So um, I was a little nervous because... uh, Apparently, like, you're not supposed to... You're supposed to wash those things when they're, like, covered in those styrofoam peanuts and everything. So it had this, like, film on the water, but I was like, you know what? I got to go into the confessional, so... <laughs> there is a bacteria that is imperceptible. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's do a couple more from the emails. Um, a shout-out for Irene Tayoli. Uh, runs a great Catholic study group at the University of Nor- Nottingham in, in the UK. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, UK listeners, shout out to you, especially you, Irene. Not in Nottingham. You know that one? <laughs> I do. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And then Mumford & Sons just recorded one like that. Really? I'll have to check that out. That is a good song. Yeah. And I like Mumford & Sons. Cool. All right. Uh, to Greg Gearing, uh, Mike uh, Dornboss, and the entire... Quainania group in Grand Rapids, Michigan wants a shout out to you, Greg. So shout out to you. And finally, on my end, uh, Christine Debates from Ottawa, Canada asks, could she request a shout out for a lovely friend of hers named Pomeline? Pumlin, sorry. There's always a pronunciation. She wants a shout out for Pomeranian. <laughs> a friend named Pumlin. I should read this first. Pumlin. Prepare better. Pumlin with a, with a, oh. Haxton. Pumlin, it says with a French accent. Ah. How, do you, how do you do Pumlin with Pumli? Pumlin. 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 Here in Ottawa, Canada. Yeah. Ever since I started listening to the podcast earlier this year and subsequently telling people about it, she has been the first to cut me off saying she already knew. I already was already listened. a listener. She's the hipster of the Catholic stuff. Heck yeah. I was, I was doing it before it was cool. Sweet. All right. There you go. Yay. Well, um, I guess maybe we should conclude uh, begging... God's intercession and protection uh, for the people of France. Yes. Given that note, um, so perhaps we'll just conclude with the Saint Michael prayer, asking God's um, God's favor, God's face to be shown to the people of France. Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him. We humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the heavenly hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits 
prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Here we go, folks. That's it. Another episode. Like us on Facebook. Uh, make sure to send some email and some shout-out love to uh, Father Mike and Father John, who last week began the great enterprise of possibly the next few years of them recording across the pond. And they'll have heard that one already, because this, this one will go I know. Thursday following. So, yeah, excellent, exciting. Hopefully they were, they were excited to hear Father John and Father Mike, like kind of a surprise, and then to hear us as well. Balloon takes us home. (laughs) See ya.